What are my preseason rankings for Big 12 football? I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And today we're going to take a look at what I think the Big 12 will look like this year. The media has released what... uh, for Big 12, what their preseason media rankings are. Brian Clinton at heartlandcollegesports.com has released what he thinks the Big 12 preseason poll is. And today I'm going to discuss mine. First, let's take a look at those other two. First, the media poll. Uh, They have West Virginia finishing at the bottom at 14, Cincinnati at 13, Houston at 12, BYU at 11, Iowa State at 10, KU at 9, UCF at 8, Oklahoma State at 7, Baylor at 6, TCU at 5, Texas Tech at 4, Oklahoma at 3, K-State at 2, and Texas at at 1. And then Brian has West Virginia at 14, Houston at 13, Cincinnati at 12, BYU at 11, Iowa State at 10, Kansas at 9, UCF at 8, Oklahoma State at 7, Baylor at 6, TCU at 5, Texas Tech at 4, OU at 3, K-State at 2, and Texas at 1. So fairly similar between the two. Uh, I have some issues with... uh, with these rankings, both both sides. One of the big issues is the Texas. We, we always, just always want to put Texas at the top. They're always back. I, I am not in on that. I, I am so, I'm so tired of it. It's part of the reason I can't wait for them to be out of the Big 12 and into the SEC, and maybe they'll finally stop getting all this recognition they do not deserve. Uh, but again, here they are sitting at the top because of the expected talent that they have. And I just, I don't see it. They're not at the top for me. We'll get into more about mine later. But Kansas is far too low on this list. TCU is too low on the list. And OU is too high. So those are some of my issues with what the Big 12 media thinks. So let's get into what I think or my projected order of finish for the Big 12 and how this is going to shake out. We'll start at the bottom, and uh, it's fairly similar to start. Uh, when, you, when you work your way from the bottom up, uh, I also have West Virginia at 14. Uh, they are the worst team in the Big 12, uh, even with the four new schools adding. It, it's like you know when, when you're a freshman in high school and the new batch of freshmen come in and you're no longer a freshman and you think things are going to get better, but in reality you're still on the bottom of the totem pole. That's West Virginia. They, you know, they thought maybe with BYU, Houston, and Cincy coming in that they would kind of get to remove themselves from the bottom, but that's not the case. West Virginia, the worst team uh, in in the Big 12. Uh, after that, it is another. It's a newcomer. It's Cincinnati. Cincinnati lost a lot over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, when you look at uh, Luke Fickle leaving, when you look at their talent, like Desmond Ritter to the NFL, Sauce Gardner to the NFL. Uh, Cincy is is kind of in a retooling stage, rebuilding stage. So Cincy, to me, comes in at 13. Houston and Dana Holgerson. This is an interesting one because Holgerson has some experience in the Big 12. Offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State, head coach at West Virginia. But he wasn't great when he was at West Virginia, so I don't see him being great in his first year at Houston, and that's why I have him 
at number 12. BYU, the third newcomer on this list, coming in at number 11. Uh, again, I just first year, I don't know what the firepower is going to be like. I just don't have them being up high in the Big 12. I think right around the 11 mark is a good spot for them. At 10, Iowa State. Familiar territory for Iowa State. Towards the bottom half of the, the Big 12. Things have been a little bit better under Matt Campbell. Uh, offensively, defensively, they just do not have it to compete in the in the Big 12. They're going to win some games they shouldn't, and they're going to be in some games they shouldn't as well. They have a fairly uh, easy out-of-conference schedule with just Iowa as the only tough competition there, but they still have to play Texas. Uh, they do get Oklahoma State at home, which is nice. Uh, they do get Cincinnati, but they still have TCU. They have to go to Baylor. They have to go to Kansas State. They have to go to OU. So, pretty tough schedule for Iowa State, and I uh, have them at 10 because of that. Uh, the best team and the team that I would give of the newcomers the most likely to finish in the top half of the 14-team New Look Big 12. I have them slated at 9, but if they were 7 or higher, it would not surprise me, uh, and that is UCF. An interesting out-of-conference schedule. They open up with Kent State to start the season. They have Villanova in Week 3. An interesting but difficult game uh, against Boise State Week 2. They have to go to K-State and to Kansas, though. That is not easy. They also have to go to Norman, and they have to go to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. They get Oklahoma State at home. So uh, out of their toughest matchups, the most of them are on the road, and that's why I have them slated in at number 9. I have OU right above them at number 8. Do I think OU has the highest range of outcomes? Yes, I do. I am not buying in on what OU has been when I look at these rankings. I don't care that they have been the best team in the Big 12 over the course of the last decade. What I saw from them last year does not make me want to put them in the top five. I want to see it from Brent Venables. I want to see it from Dylan Gabriel before I make any statements on what they're going to be in the Big 12. And they only have a year to prove themselves in the Big 12 before they're on to the SEC. What I saw out of that team, that 6-7 and seven team last year, does not make me believe in them as one of the best teams in the Big 12. As a top 5 team, as a top 3 team, no. They're a top half, maybe. They're right on the bubble to me. They have to go to Stillwater to play. They have to go to Lawrence to play KU. They get TCU at home, which is nice, and their schedule after that is fairly easy. BYU on the road could be interesting. They play Tulsa, Arkansas State, and SMU out of conference. West Virginia at home, UCF at home. So the schedule's not difficult, but I don't think they're a good enough team to finish in the top five of the Big 12. Uh, could they surprise me? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to happen? No. Right above them, I have Baylor. Baylor coming in at the 7th spot. Uh, Baylor has a pretty interesting start to the season as well. Texas State, uh, Utah is the interesting matchup in, in Week 2. That's a tough one. Texas, their first game of Big 12 play. They have to go to UCF. They get Texas Tech at home, uh, but they have to go to K-State, and they have to go 
to TCU. So not the easiest schedule, especially latter parts of the season. Uh, the final Two of their final three games at K-State at TCU. That's why I have them where I have them right there at 7. I have Oklahoma State at 6. And a lot of people are probably going to call me a homer for this. And that's fine. But the out-of-conference schedule, not difficult. They have Central Arkansas. They have Arizona State and South Alabama. Arizona State in Arizona State is the hardest of the out-of-conference matchups. The two-Iowa State-Ames game is going to be interesting. They get K-State and KU at home. They get OU at home. And they get BYU at home. They do not have to play Texas, TCU, or Baylor. And then their other tough road game is UCF. The schedule says that this Oklahoma State team can be a top half of the Big 12, can be a top five team in the Big 12. They could be disappointing. It's why I have them at six. But Mike Gundy does not have back-to-back bad seasons. It just doesn't happen. His first three years were not good at Oklahoma State. They were four and seven in year one. But then after that, they were seven and six, seven and six. So there's back to back seven and six seasons. They have not done anything close to that since then. Nine and four, nine and four, eleven and two, twelve and one, eight and five, ten and three. Here's a seven and six, answers right back with three straight ten and three seasons. Has a seven and six season, goes eight and five, eight and three, twelve and two. So just coming off a 7-6 and six season, I do not see Mike Gundy being a back half of the Big 12 or even in the middle of the Big 12 team. It could certainly happen. There are a lot of question marks around this team. New quarterback, new running backs coming in, a lot of receivers left. The offensive and defensive lines aren't very good. But Mike Gundy does not have back-to-back bad seasons, and that's why I have them at 6. I, if they won the Big 12, it would not surprise me. Matter of fact, I would say any of the teams I have in the top half from 8 up, so just around top half, 8 up, if they won the Big 12, it would not surprise me. So Oklahoma State at 6. Texas Tech slots in at number 5. And uh, it's going to be interesting. Week 2, they take on Oregon. What they do in that game, they're at home, could set how they look the rest of the season in the Big 12. It's not an easy schedule, though. To Baylor, they have to play K-State. Luckily, they get it at home. They have TCU at home, and then they're on the road at KU, and they're on the road at Texas. So that's why I have them at 5. I think the schedule is a little difficult. This Texas team, I'm going to put them at 4. I would put them a lot lower, but I get a lot of flack for it. Honestly, I want to. They have to go and play Alabama again. That's on the road this year at Alabama. They have to go to Baylor to play. They have to play KU. They have to play K-State. They have to go to Ames to play Iowa State. They have TCU and Texas Tech on the schedule. That is a monster, monster of a schedule. Their schedule is not easy. It might be the toughest in the Big 12, when you, especially when you look at having to play Alabama out of conference. So the schedule's difficult. I am not a Sarkeesian fan. I do not think he's a good coach. I'm not a full believer in Quinn Ewers. Arch Manning is not going to be ready. So Texas as the number one team, which so many people wildly want to put him up there. 
blows my mind. Every year we come in to the preseason talking about how good Texas can be, and every year they disappoint. At least for the last 10-plus, I am not putting Texas any higher than 4, and if they were lower than 8, it would not surprise me. This is not an easy schedule, and they are not a team I trust. Not at all. Number 3, TCU. Feel like they're being slept on a bit. They went to the national championship game last year. They did lose a bit, but they have replaced a lot in the transfer portal. The Colorado game week one is going to be interesting. Dion's first game taking on TCU. They get that at home. They have to go to Ames. They have to go to Manhattan to take on K-State, and they have to go to Texas Tech. They're in Norman. That's the other difficult game, but they get Texas and Baylor both at home. They get BYU at home. And outside of that, it's it's not really anything that worth talking about. So I have them at three. I think they're going to be just as good as they were last year. They could slip up a bit. They did lose a lot, but they're at three in my opinion. Now, what might be the most surprising pick here, a lot of people probably will not agree with this. They're going to think I'm sipping the Jayhawk Kool-Aid a little too strong, and that's KU. In the Big 12, in my opinion, in the Big 12, what matters the most quarterback play. And Jalen Daniels is the second, if not the first, the best quarterback in the Big 12. And if he can stay healthy, this KU team is going to be very, very good. Their out-of-conference schedule is not difficult. Illinois is the hardest team they play. They get them at home. They have to go to Austin to take on Texas. That is that is not going to be easy. They have to go to Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. They get K-State at home. They get Texas Tech at home. They get OU at home. They get UCF at home. Two Texas, two Stillwater, and two Ames are their three hardest road games. The schedule is not difficult. It's led by one of the flashiest players and a dark horse Heisman candidate in their quarterback of Jalen Daniels. They're going to have to score. Their defense is not very good. They have a great coach in Lance Leipold. This team being picked nine is too much looking at what they've been as opposed to what they were last year with Jalen Daniels. They gave a very good Arkansas team a run for their money in the bowl game. What they were before the injury. What they've done with Leipold as the head coach. You, you can't look at this Kansas team anymore and toss them aside like you have been able to do in the past. And putting them at nine is a discredit to how talented Jalen Daniels is and what Lance Leipold has done in his time at Kansas. Maybe two is too high. I don't care. Because I think they could win the Big 12. I think they're a top three team easy. And if TCU wouldn't have lost so much, they'd probably be three. But TCU lost too much, and that's why I have TCU at three. KU is being overlooked. They're being slept on. And it's just disrespectful, in my opinion. I have the reigning Big 12 champions as the number one team preseason. A lot of people, I think, forget that they won the Big 12 last year because TCU is the team that played in the national championship game. But no, Kansas State actually beat TCU for the Big 12 championship. Difficult-ish schedule. Not not super, super hard, but not super easy either. Texas Tech, OSU, Texas, and KU all on the road is not easy. They do have KU's number. Uh... Oklahoma State is a wild card. Texas is a wild card. Um, but So there's a couple of, of tough 
road games. They do get Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, all at home. Uh, they return the most. Will Howard is the best quarterback in in the Big 12. It's it's an argument between him and Jalen Daniels. I'm going to give it to Will Howard as of right now. So I have K-State as the best team in the Big 12, the number one team in the Big 12. And the two top teams in Kansas setting at the top for me, that, that game is going to be so fun. If these two teams are the two best teams in the Big 12 and it's playing like that, come the end of the season. The second to the last game of the season, November 18th, is is the battle for the Sunflower State, K-State, KU. That game is going to be incredible. That is must-watch TV. My biggest worry about the Big 12 is that a lot of these teams are good. A few of these teams could be great, but a lot of these teams are good. And I'm worried that the Big 12 winner is going to be a 9-3 and team and they're going to get left out of the conversation for the national championship because everyone is just beating up on each other. The schedule is increasingly difficult, especially when you add the four new teams in. Anything can happen any given week. But preseason prediction-wise, it's K-State 1, Kansas 2, TCU 3, Texas 4, Texas Tech 5, Oklahoma State 6, Baylor 7, OU 8, UCF 9, Iowa State 10, BYU 11, Houston 12, Cincy 13, and rounding it all out, West Virginia. So that's my preseason rankings for the Big 12. I don't expect it to be anywhere close to this come the end of the season because the Big 12 can be a wild, wild place. Uh, Wild, wild west. It can be a absolute nightmare sometimes, and there are a lot of good teams. UCF up, I could see being one of the five best teams. OU up, I could see winning the whole thing. OU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, Kansas, Kansas State. I could see any of those eight teams winning the whole thing. It would not surprise me. That's how deep I think the Big 12 is. There is no conference in football that is as deep as this Big 12 is this year. And that doesn't honestly change too much when you lose Texas and OU next year. And it could help even more if you add some good teams in to the Big 12. So that's my preseason standings, um, preseason rankings, preseason expectations, whatever you want to call them. Uh, some fun stuff. I'm so excited for football to be back. We're we're getting closer and closer. Um, it's been fun just talking about random things during the summer, but I'm ready to have game recaps and game previews. I'm so looking forward to that. Before we close out today's podcast, I do want to talk um, some some notes, some news. Uh, the MLB draft did happen uh, a couple weeks ago. I would have talked about this last week, but I want to talk about media days. Uh, Six Oklahoma State players got drafted in the MLB draft, so kind of want to highlight that for you. First player taken was pick 89, Jawan Watts-Brown, going to the Blue Jays. Hate this for the... Uh, for me, because I'm a Yankees fan and hate the Blue Jays, but good for, for Watts Brown. Uh, Nolan McLean goes to the Mets. Also hate this because I hate the Mets at pick 91, just two picks later. Uh, and then a pick I really liked was Rock Riggio at pick 129 to the Yankees. Riggio is an interesting one to the Yankees. They could... Uh, he could see the major leagues sooner rather than later just with 
how tumultuous the Yankees could be at that second base position. Not to mention he provides some pop, hits for a fairly good average, um, has some speed as well. Uh, I like I like Riggio. Pretty good defensive second baseman, uh, so interesting pick there. Then the Nationals take Marcus Brown. I actually just saw that he signed with them officially at one pick 138. The Yankees go with Brian Hendry at pick 312. A couple of uh, Cowboys taken by the Yankees. Really love that. And then Isaac Stebbins rounds it out with Boston Red Sox at pick 478. So um, hate the three landing spots for uh, Stebbins, Brown, and... Uh, or Watts Brown and McLean um, because of I hate those teams, but love the Yankees selections and uh, just kind of indifferent on Marcus Brown going to the Nationals. So I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.